0: But the Bible has a lot to say about earthquakes. There's a lot of earthquakes that have occurred in the Bible. And you know what? God is behind every one of them. And that is my first point this morning. Uh, When it comes to earthquakes, God is sovereign over all and a very present help in every one of them. Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. Let me read that to you this morning. The psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, Though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her and she, and she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Go back to verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So with every earthquake you felt, with every aftershock, God knows every one of them and God knows your name and God is present and a very big help in every one of them if we'll just turn to Him and know that He is our refuge. He is your refuge. He is a very present help. This afternoon at 3 o'clock, um, we're going to be offering a trauma seminar. And uh, Tiffany Lewis uh, led one on Friday afternoon. We have about 35 people from the church and community who were here for that seminar. And uh, they've requested people, others have requested it. So we're going to have another one at, at, um, at 3 o'clock today. But one of the things that... Uh, Tiffany talked about is giving ourselves a butterfly hug. Now, you're going to have to learn more about that this afternoon. But as you're giving yourself a butterfly hug, you can, you can meditate on Psalm chapter 46. God is a very present help in your traumatic situation. And come this afternoon and learn how all that relates, okay? But just know what the Bible says about when the earth moves, when the mountains shake, God is with you. And you can trust in him. The second thing we can learn about earthquakes or disasters and, and uh and what the Bible says is that disasters are meant to produce dependence on God. God wants us to depend on Him. You know, we, I've shared this before, but in Second Corinthians chapter one, uh, the Apostle Paul was in a traumatic situation. He thought he was going to die, him and all those who were aboard a ship in a storm. And this is what he says in verse eight. He says this, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. How many were thinking that (laughs) Friday night at 815 But that was to make us rely, not on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope, and He, that He will deliver us again you also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf. How many were praying Friday nights? Yeah. (laughs) We were all praying, weren't we? God had created, allowed that traumatic situation to drive us to dependence on Him. And not just in the moment. He wants us to be depending upon Him always. And you know, when it comes to earthquakes, earthquakes are so unnerving because you don't know when the next one's going to happen. You know, we have no warnings. Well, I appreciate the warning uh, that God gave us uh, Friday and Thursday and Friday. You know, um, the first 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 earthquake, July fourth. That morning, um, I, was, I felt the tremor, and uh, was in the house, and I was on Facebook, and people were talking about it, and the Daily Independent uh, said, what were you doing when you felt the earthquake? And I said, earthquake? That was no earthquake. That was me throwing down my wrench trying to fix my barbecue. <laughs> and then as I was telling uh, Susan about the comment I had made on Facebook, 6.4 hit, <laughs> and I had to go back on Facebook later and said that was not my wrench <laughs> But um, you know, we didn't know uh, the the first one surprised us. The 6.4 surprised us. We we hadn't r- ran out the house out of the house after the first one, and when the 6.4 hit, uh, Susan and I were ju- we were just kind of looking at each other and like we were in slow motion. Trying to get to each other and not knowing what to do. So, that was, that was July 4th. And then, Friday night, we had a little one. And that was a warning. <laughs> to go outside! And we knew to go outside. We would, there was nothing, we didn't want to be in the house in case another one happened and guess what? Another one happened. So, got, Typically, earthquakes, there are no warnings. Now, with hurricanes or tornadoes or floods, I mean, you're, you're warned in advance, but not with earthquakes, and that can be a bit unnerving. But in all of them, God wants us to be trusting Him because He is there for us. The third thing that uh, we can learn from natural disasters, earthquakes, is, you know what, these things remind us that we do not live in a perfect world. The perfect is yet to come. This is not the perfect world. This world is curse. There is no place on this planet that's perfect. And I know that there are people who say, well, I want to move out of Ridgecrest. If this is the earthquake capital world, I, I'm, I'm selling my house now. We're going to move someplace else. Well, wherever you move to, it ain't perfect either. You know, there's, there's hurricanes, there's tornadoes, there's floods, there's fires, there's bugs, <laughs> there's, There is no perfect place. Every place has its issues. And so I just wanted to ask you, or tell you, pick your poison. This place isn't perfect. The perfect is yet to come. And in that perfect, our Lord Jesus Christ is going to come, and He is going to redeem Not only us, but all of creation. If you have your Bibles, let's look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verses 22 and uh, 23. Paul says this, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. The earthquakes that we've experienced, the aftershocks that we've experienced, they're all, they're all birth pangs. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons the creation and his and his children are longing for our maker to come back and redeem everything bible says the redemption of our bodies for in this hope we were saved now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees but if we hope for what we do not see we wait for it with patience so the perfect is coming and all of creation all of humanity is waiting for it is longing for it we're experiencing the birth pangs of its of its birthing and one day when Jesus returns church he's going to wipe away every tear there's not going to be any more fear there's not going to be any more death. There's not going to be any more hospitals or broken bones or earthquakes or tornadoes or hurricanes. You know what? It's all going to be perfect. Just a little bit like it's what of what it's like to be fishing on Silver Lake in the eastern Sierras. As beautiful as that place is, as much as I love that place, you know what? That place is cursed right now. But one day, it's gonna be all perfect. And for believers, these promises, church, are only for believers who have trusted in what Jesus has done for them and have surrendered their lives, have repented of their sin, and given their lives to Jesus Christ, these promises are ours. And they're not temporal promises. They are eternal promises. They are going to go on and on and on, and there's never going to be an ending. That's incredible. So the earthquakes just remind us To live in a perfect world. Number four, earthquakes, disasters encourage us to help each other. Church, we need to be there for each other. Have you been afraid this week? Have you been paralyzed by that fear? I mean, you don't want to go to a grocery store. You don't want to go to a hardware store. I mean, you're, you're panicked being in this building right now. And those fears are normal. Those fears are natural. And I, I encourage you to come to the trauma seminar this afternoon if that's where you're at. But let me encourage you with one more thing. get your focus off of yourself and put it on others. This, this earthquake has thrown my wife for a loop. She's not used to being on the other side of the, of the situation. And she's, she helps a lot of people. But she's found herself a bit vulnerable. But you know what she, how she's learned to cope as well? Helping others. If she's staying busy helping others, you know, those fears disseminate. They disappear. It's when she gets home and she's not busy anymore that it's easy to be overwhelmed with those fears. Encourage others. Be busy being a blessing to somebody else. Come down to the church this week. Yeah, this building looks clean, but the, you know what? There's a lot of areas that we haven't dusted. We haven't put back together. Uh Women's ministry, we're sorry, but we haven't got to your closet yet. I peeked inside last night. It's not a pretty picture. <laughs> um, but, uh yeah, we still have a lot of, a lot of things that need, need to be dusted and, and vacuumed. You know, Peter when Jesus was about, written, about to go to the cross and Peter was uh, saying that, Jesus, you can count on me. I'll defend you. Jesus told Peter in Luke chapter 22, Peter, Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat. A lot of us have been sifted this week. But then Jesus went on to tell Peter, but Peter, I'm praying for you that your faith will not fail. And when you come back, encourage your brethren. When Satan sifts us like wheat, The worst thing you can do is just throw a pity party and just focus on your own problems. You want to stay depressed? That's a good way of saying depressed. But if you want to get out of it, encourage your brethren. Trust. Keep trusting God. He is a very present help. Then another thing that God says about earthquakes. And he warned us. You ain't seen nothing yet. You think these are bad? How traumatizing these were? If you read the Bible, the worst earthquakes are yet to come. Just before Jesus returns, you can read about him in Revelation chapter 6. Let's just go there for a minute. Revelation chapter 6, verse 12. John. The Revelator says this, when we opened the sixth seal, I looked and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth. The full moon became like blood and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. That's one earthquake but that doesn't even compare to the next earthquake revelation chapter 16 verse 18 revelation 16:18 says this is the seventh bowl and there were flashes of lightning rumblings peals of thunder a great earthquake such as there had never been Then, since man was on the earth, so great was that earthquake that the great city was split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and God remembered Babylon the great to make her drain the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath. And every island fled away, and no mountain were to be found and great hailstones, about 100 pounds, each fell from heaven on people, and they cursed God for the plague of the hail because the plague was so severe. Now, maybe you're asking, pastor, if I'm still alive, am I going to be in those earthquakes?" I don't know. You well, know, there's some people in the church who believe that God's going to take the church out. Mm. They're not going to experience this tribulation. There's others in the church say, well, um, the church is going to be around through uh, half the tribulation and then the rapture is going to occur. And then then others believe that, well, no, we're we're all going to go through the tribulation and then Jesus is going to return. But I guarantee you this, if you go through the tribulation, if you experience the earthquake, if you're a child of God... He is still a very present help. And you might die. But guess what? You continue to live. Because believers in Christ don't die. We're just transferred into the presence of Jesus Christ. We win regardless. So God is there for us. But know this. The Bible warns us. This is just a preview. The worst is yet to come. In the meantime, we can have hearts of gratitude and thanksgiving for what we have been through. Because church, God's been looking over us. It could have been a lot worse. God has shown his favor over our city, over our valley, and we are very blessed to be here today. God gave us a warning. You know, he warned us on July 4th. What had that what if that. Earthquake had occurred on July 3rd you know how many people would have been working on the base on July 3rd The base was closed earthquake occurred at uh, on July 4th and our theater shut down after that earthquake and then Friday came and the theater stayed shut down the th- the earthquake came on Friday nights when a movie theater could have been full of people when the earth, when the roof collapsed. But it was shut down. God was showing our community his favor. And church, we have so much to be grateful for. and then I just want to conclude that when it comes to shaking, when it comes to earthquakes, God's kingdom and our salvation cannot be shaken. It is secure for all eternity. You know, we read about these earthquakes in... Of Revelation, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 25 through 29. The writer says, See that you do not refuse him who is speaking, pay attention to God's word. Don't discredit what he has to say. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now, and he's talking about the, the Exodus, the, um, the, the mount zion when god was giving the 10 commandments and israel was in the wilderness that uh god's presence was on that mountain and no one was to come to that to that mountain had they touched that mountain they would have died and they and many did die because they rejected his words now verse 26, at that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Referring to Revelation chapter 12. That is, things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship and reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Church, if we are citizens of heaven, we are part of God's kingdom, and His kingdom can never be shaken. His kingdom is forever secured, just as our salvation is. Turn with me. The last verse I want to read is in First Peter chapter one, verses three through eight. who by God's power and are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that With glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So this morning, I want us to worship. I want to, I want us to remember the salvation that Jesus provided for all of us on Calvary's cross. And that when we believed, we received the inheritance that will never be, it, it's imperishable, it's, it's secure, it's always going to be there. And when we go through various trials, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that He keeps us. And even if there's tears, and there's a little bit of fear, we can rejoice He's there. And that we are citizens of His kingdom that will never, ever be shaken. Now, I've read some scary verses this morning. And those are God's warnings. And those things are going to happen. And you've been through some scary things this week. But if you're not a child of God if you've not given your life to Christ, God showed you some grace this week. He gave you some warnings. And He kept you. That was all His grace. But these promises that I've read this morning from His Word, these are promises for His children. And you're not here by accident this morning. God wants to be your heavenly father. You're his creation. But God wants to make you his child. And you can have this hope. You can have this living hope. You can have this security that many more of us here in this room know and believe. God's word is true. This morning, I want to invite you to give your life to Christ. I'm going to lead us in a prayer in just a moment. And if that's the desire of your heart, God wants to hear that prayer this morning. And for the rest of us, God doesn't want us to take the supper in an unworthy manner. And if you need to get right with God this morning, we're going to have a moment of worship in just a moment. If you need to pray with somebody in the dining hall, we'll go people back there to pray with you. You can just pray right where you're at. But get right with God this morning as we remember Jesus' great sacrifice for us. Would you pray with me, please? Do you need Jesus to save you this morning? You can pray this prayer right after. Just follow my words as I pray this prayer. Father, I need you. I want to know that you are with me. This morning, by faith, I believe that you're real. I believe that Jesus loves me. He loves me so much that He came and He died for my sin. God, I confess that I'm a sinner. I need You. Forgive me. Thank You. Thank You for forgiving me of my sin. now help me to live for You. The rest of my life. God, I don't understand it all. But I do believe that you want to be there for me. God, how I need you. Thank you for hearing my prayer. God, thank you for this time of worship as we remember your great sacrifice for us. Jesus, you want us to remember, you want us to never forget. And that's why you've given us the bread and the juice, to remember your great sacrifice that you gave all of your body for us you gave all of your blood on that cross that our sin could be forgiven thank you jesus for being that perfect perfect self sacrifice and for being our salvation That salvation that will never fade away. We love you and we praise you.